welcome everybody to the Bangers and Classics podcast uh, with me, James Rupper, and him, uh, David Malloy. And uh, um, uh, uh, despite uh, uh, all predictions, uh, we we are we are still going um, uh, into a new decade. Of course, as we pointed out last week. Um, and I just wonder what David's been up to in uh, 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 in these new times. Well, happy 1980, first of all, yeah, James. Absolutely, yeah. Happy 1980 to you. Yeah, so I've not been up to much. I've been keeping my head down, ducking, yeah. diving, bobbing and rearing, and starting working a new book whilst work continues on the EV. Yeah. Although it's actually finished, but it's still it's still where it shouldn't be at the moment, but we'll worry about that another time. Um, yeah, so I've not really been doing much. haven't been out very much, uh, just locally. Mm-hmm. So I've not really seen much. I saw one classic car, but it's one I've seen several times. It was a scruffy 1973 Beetle with the primer and various shades of red paint on it that was sitting in its usual place, but this time there was someone in the driver's seat. It wasn't moving, but I suspect it's a chap who works in the fast food place that owns it. Um, I, I've actually been um, uh, in a few bangers uh, 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 just recently. Um, uh, our friend's uh, Volvo 850, uh, which has been quite... I mean, it's essentially a very large dog car because they've got very large dogs. Um, and that's uh, quite a remarkable, uh, uh, comfortably, uh, you know, they can get you can get a lot in it. Um, it does very hard work, and uh, it's um, uh, it's rather a joy. It's a two point five petrol. Uh, the engine will never die. Well, it shouldn't do really. Uh, automatic gearbox, and it sort of goes on and on. Um, and also, they've recently acquired a Honda Civic. Uh, 04 plate, um, which again is um, the last word in re- reliability. Um, it's when the Honda Civic still looked uh, like a boring car, and uh, they are extremely good. So it was uh, very, very good to uh, be knocking about in those, um, which uh, I think we would all agree are bangers. I can't, uh, I think the uh, Volvo is a 1999 one, so it's um, just about the old shape. Um, Apart from that, actually, very excitingly, I mean, I see Land Rovers all the time, and I don't want to bore people with Land Rovers, but I did see uh, a 2A 109-inch um, pickup. So that was such a rare thing to see, and uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, and it was very quiet as it sailed by, actually, which was um, uh, even more uh, exciting. Uh, but it was, uh, it, again, it looked like it was one that was uh, actually used for the purpose for which uh, it was designed. Um, and then within uh, minutes, um, I saw uh, a much more recent 90 um, with two people on board and uh, they gave me a cheery wave. Um, uh, they, they looked like husband and wife and uh, yeah, they waved at an old man with a beard um, in a series three. So that was the only reason I think they uh, uh, waved at me. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a 90 um, hard top commercial like mine, uh, you know, van type thing. Uh, but again, it's being used. And right. uh, that's what we like to see. We like seeing cars being taken out and about and being used for the purpose for which they're intended. So yeah, that's been my that's been my spots. So you say the the first one you saw it was a couple who looked cheery, and you thought they were husband and wife. Yeah, <laughs> do those two things go together? That's what I want to know. Well, maybe. Well, maybe it's the first flush of their relationship. You don't know. Um, uh, but uh, uh, as we know, David, behind every uh, man, there's a there's there's a, a rather uh, greater woman uh, keeping us all, um, you know, in shape. You speak for yourself. I mean, <laughs> behind this man is a woman with a very large brush. Really? <laughs> yes. And uh, a quiet Land Rover. That's the other yeah, thing. it was. It was really. I mean, it could have had the um, old um, overdrive 
gearbox on so that was the thing mm. even though it was going into town so but it but it was it was almost whispering by so it was, oh, quite, it was quite controversial opinion here could it have been an electric conversion no no it's not no i've already had my day spoilt uh, david because uh, <laughs> by completely by accident um uh, the local news was on and I stopped because on the screen was uh, a mini, a mini bit, you know, a bit like mine. It was a mini Cooper and it had been restored. And I thought, I know what the punchline is going to be. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, you know, somebody spent £80,000 converting their Mini Cooper S to electric uh, travel. And, you know, he can do it because it's his. I, you know, I don't, I don't care. But as far as I'm concerned, it's, you know, uh, a car ruined. But uh, in fairness, James, it's so light you could run them in AAA batteries. Oh, yeah, but it's just it's um it's just you know it's a, it's a car that really doesn't need it. It's you know it's 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 completely and utterly pointless. But there you go. I mean, I just knew that there was going to be an agenda there. They weren't just going to say, "Oh, isn't it great that there's another Mini Cooper back on the road?" No, it's electric. So. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you know, people know my views and your views on it. And we're not anti-electric at all, uh, but where it's appropriate. Um, and for some things it suits. And But, but you know, paying £80,000 to convert a Mini is just the height of stupidity as far as I'm concerned, really. He, you know, he just could have given us the money and we'd have, we'd have spent it wisely. Hmm. Or even unwisely. Oh, unwisely, unwisely, unwisely like yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, I probably bought something daft with it now. Yeah. Know. Uh, but not not to, not to worry about that. I mean, the other possibility with the Land Rover is yeah. I did wonder if you earmuffs on that was all. Could have been absolutely, yeah, yeah. I do, uh, I I do, I do wear those in this weather. It was very very cold today. I don't know if it's uh, cold up your way, David, but um, it was um, sub sub zero ice on the ground, scraping the uh, window mm. this morning. So uh, it's, it's it's actually quite sunny. I'm just looking at the window now. Mm. Nice, nice blue sky. Uh, but yeah, it is cold. It's not it's not a cloud blanket, of course, when it's sunny. Yeah, you don't get the cloud blanket, and of course, temperatures plummet at night. Uh, yeah, so you, you can't have it always. Unfortunately, it's like I did. Ros, we're now, we're now doing weather forecasts and uh, predictions, and uh, but uh, I suppose that that that's good. We've got to get listeners uh, tuning in for something, haven't we? Uh, of course, yes. Mm. I mean, I mean, the baking section and the gardening section oh, of the show yeah. didn't didn't really work at all. No, you know. Um, I mean, my recipe to to make rock cakes using real rocks yeah. wasn't wasn't a success, sadly. <laughs> Not to worry. Yeah. Any news, James? Any news apart from taking uh, taking umbrage at your local uh, uh, TV station? Uh, uh, not really. I I think the only other thing I've been meaning to mention um, is that I and I've got to look at my old uh, diary from last year, my 1979 uh, diary, uh, because I have to get that to remind myself of something that I think I've been meaning to mention for two. A diary which um, you know I wouldn't want people to think that. Uh, uh, I'm a cheapskate or anything, but uh, uh, this is a diary with uh, certainly the wrong dates in it that we've actually crossed out and modified. It's <laughs> <laughs> a secret diary of James Ruffert, age yeah, 12 and a half. That's right, yeah. In order to make a 1979 diary work, you have to cross <laughs> things out um, in it and change the dates. And uh, it's so well organised that I, I cannot... I cannot find it because, it, and it, and also it's one of those ones which is um, uh, what are they call they they called academic year diary. Oh. So it's actually you know um, uh, a split as well. So it's like half and half, and so you go halfway through the year and then suddenly you have to go backwards depending on where you're starting from. And obviously, I've started at the wrong point, <laughs> um, but there you go. I, I think I spoke to the Association of um, Heritage Engineers, although I can't find their, their complete title. Uh, I spoke to uh, a very nice chap there called Gary uh, a couple of weeks ago, 
And uh, they're sort of on our side, actually, when it comes to uh, recycling and, uh, you know, keeping classics going and, you know, not throwing stuff away and all that. Um, so their sort of point of view is, has, has been quite interesting. And actually, one of, one of the things they mentioned is, as we're on the electric car thing is that they do think that uh, you should have a Q-plate um, if, you, if you're mad enough to go and convert your classic to electricity. Because he said to me that might put a few people off, which it <laughs> may well do. Which is, I think, quite clever. Because you are you're changing what the vehicle is, so it, it's a brand new vehicle. Then it should be given a Q plate. So we can only hope that their lobbying of Parliament, because they do seem to be able to lobby MPs and stuff. Um, but other otherwise, they are on on board with yeah. Let's keep cars going. Yes, cars are under attack. We've got to defend them. So yeah, there are there are people on our on our side, and uh, maybe I'll put a link in the description or something um, when uh, we do it. But I think it was the Association of Heritage Classic and Heritage Engineers. Uh, but we'll but we'll do that. I can't find all all I can find uh, in my old diary is uh, uh, ring David, um, send money to David. Uh, uh, da- you know. Um, it's all it's all about you, David, in my diary. Oh no, it's all about Hammer Horror actresses. Be honest. Yeah. Well, it could be. Yeah, talking of which, or talking oh, yes. of whom? Mm. Any word? No, of course not. Uh, no, they've got more important things to do, and I'm sure uh, she had a very nice Christmas, old uh, uh, Caroline, and uh, she's got far better things to do. Um, but at least if I took a Mini Cooper to um, her door, it would be uh, a proper one, not one that uh, has, as you say, AAA batteries. I think you should take the end of the chance here anyway if you get the chance. Yeah, I could do. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did give that a clean uh, this morning, actually, because I've been cutting a load of stuff up in the garage, and obviously... I, I used to have things that I covered cars with, and then I just got bored with them. And you yeah, cut those up as well. And I cut, I must have cut those up completely. But uh, no, I mean I've been a very very bad person in that um, there was a, a, a lot of dust on my cars, so I thought I'd better clean them. This is, I mean, this is going to be actual trip ball days when you're called Chopper Rupert. Yeah. Well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, the Monty Python sketch about Chopper Socrates. Yeah, remember the, the philosopher's football match. That's right. Yeah, chopper yes. Socrates. There you go. Yeah, well, if you watch Bill and Ted, absolutely. <laughs> yes, uh, inspired. Absolutely inspired. Anyway, I think on that somewhat philosophical note, let's yeah. take a break. That's more than enough. You're listening to Bangers and Classics, the motoring podcast that's presented by a couple of MOT-exempt geezers. So we're back after the break, and we're getting very settled into this business of being in 1980, I have to say. Mm. And we're going to look at a car. Uh, from a few years ago, James, uh, yeah, 1975. It's the AMC Pacer. Or even just five years on, as it now mm. is, is it a banger or a classic? Mm. Looking in my crystal ball, some years hence, it will appear in a film called Wayne's World. Oh, right. Yes. Um, it's Wayne Campbell's car. Mm. But there's, I believe, a licorice dispenser in the roof or something like that. Oh, right. In their version. But mm. when it's introduced in 1975, it doesn't look like a traditional American car. It's a two-box car. It's very wide. It's very glassy. Mm. And it's um, almost like a, a sort of ovoid shape. Initially, it appealed because it didn't look like your traditional American car. Yeah. The theory was it was a bit smaller, easier to drive, and they presumably they meant it to be more economical as well. But unfortunately, that didn't happen. came to the UK the following year in 1976, and get this, and we're not kidding about this, folks, from 3.8 litres of petrol power, mm. it produced 90 horsepower. There was a version which had 4.2 litres, and guess how many BHP it produced? All of 95. 
Mm. There was a V8 version that came along later. It wasn't that much quicker. So it was very slow. It was not to 60 in about 14 and a half seconds. Uh, couldn't flat out hit 100 miles an hour. The problem was it was heavy. There was so much glass in it for one thing. Uh, it was very, very heavy indeed, which made it thirsty. It was converted to right-hand drive when it was brought to the UK. There was an aftermarket, shall we say, conversion. It was a, the importers arranged it, and it wasn't a great conversion. So anyway, that that's the background to it. Do you remember the, the pace and what do you think of it? Well, uh, uh, David, I always, at, at times like this, I turn to the standard catalogue of uh, American cars for uh, uh, all my information um, here, which is it's actually chock full of it, um, because it was actually... Um, Business Business Week at the time called it. It was the hottest car of 1975. Um, I don't know whether it overheated or anything, but um, uh, that's what it was. And as you say, it was it was actually promoted as the first wide small car, mm. which is a, a very curious way of marketing anything, really. Uh, but yeah, for an American car, it uh, wasn't really very American carish at all. Um, I rather like it. I think it's sort of quite a charming uh, little uh, thing, really. And you did used to see them very occasionally, as you say, they were very rarely imported, but they, but they, but they did exist. And uh, it's just one of those curiosities that, uh, in a way, we should be grateful for. You know, in a you know, in a quite a dreary, boring world, um, at least they were uh, doing something a bit different. I think the glass area was something; it was about thirty-five percent of the car, so mm. it was, uh, so the, the, there was no no problem seeing out um, at all. Uh, but as you say, it made the car uh, rather heavy. Um, but uh, I, I think it had quite a lot going for it. And obviously, being an American car, you could buy it with um, so many options that, um, you know, it, it just sort of defies belief, really. Um, you know, X-Packs and uh, all sorts of things. And, uh, yeah, oh, it wasn't it wasn't brilliant. But, um, yeah, to, to look at it, it was uh, an American car that, that dared to be different. And there was the station wagon, unbelievably, um, mm. version of it as well, wasn't there? It didn't really it make was. a huge amount of difference, really. Uh, but, yeah, they but they put a little uh, extension on the back. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's curious to think um, how much different it actually made it from the uh, from the liftback version. But uh, there, it, there it was. So, yeah, I'm actually quite happy happy about it and uh yeah you could get i think you could get wooden trim down the side you know sort of faux wooden trim obviously not mm. real wooden trim um but yeah it's a laugh isn't it and obviously that's the one, <laughs> that's the reason why it was in wayne's world really which rehabilitated it pretty much um uh you know it's uh, you know it's a bit like the delorean i suppose uh, made famous by a film really when it when in reality it didn't, didn't have a particularly good time no, I mean, it didn't have a great time. Uh, mm. It sold well at first. Yeah. Uh, you were saying, James, about being mm. the hottest car of 1975. Was, well, with that glass area, it would be mm. the hottest car yeah. in most years <laughs> in warm climates. That would, that would be the problem. Um, <laughs> and I'm told that visibility in some respects wasn't as good as you'd expect it to oh, be. Oh, really? Oh, no. no that's, 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 what, that's what they say. Yeah. However, there were some good things about mm. it. It had rack and pinion steering. Now, you might yeah. think, so what? But in 1975, that was a rarity in an American-built mm. car. Obviously, the interior is very airy. It rode pretty well, pretty safe handling, and, of course, it looked like nothing else on the road. Yeah. Reality is, it was an interesting idea. It was quite a good idea, and AMC was was the smallest of the uh, big four producers in America, and they couldn't invest the amount of money into R&D that the big three could. They were always very very firmly in fourth place, Mm. and 
they basically lost a shirt in this one, which is yeah. a real shame, as I say, because um, with the better engine and with it being lighter, if they'd shaved some of the weight off, it didn't need to be quite as wide because it actually wasn't space sufficient as they'd hoped. And they right. kind of got that a little bit wrong. But the idea of producing a car that was smaller, that looked different, um, and had some interesting technical things in it, uh, was, was, a, was a sound one. Mm. And you know, it wasn't what it could have been, or should have been, or needed to be for AMC, but it's an interesting effort. And there's something about it I like. There's something about it I've always liked. I don't know if I could face owning one, if I'm being honest about it, but mm. yeah, uh, I'm glad it exists. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. It's a classic. Yeah. No, I'm on, I'm all on board with that, David. That's uh, pretty good. I think we should go and buy one for our oh, well, for our road tour. Well, prices are prices are pretty stable. They're not yeah. cheap nowadays. You can, no. you know, you can pay thirty grand for a good one. I think it's gone past the banger stage. Yeah, it's it's no longer really a banger. It's now an idiosyncratic classic. And that's how the market sees it anyway. That's a fair. That'd be a fair comment. That's how I see it as well. Yeah, it's an idiosyncratic, quirky car, but it's mm. a it's a classic. Mm. So, yeah, we'll move on from that one. Um, nice to be able to agree on one for a change these days. <laughs> no, but here, here's one where we're going to be at each other's thoughts. Oh, are we? Oh, it's, it? it's the Kenny Challenge. Oh, dear. Now, Kenny got in touch via YouTube yeah. and gave us a challenge. Kenny's influence in bangers and classics does not wane. No, he he's, doesn't. He, he's come up with this challenge for us, and that is to find the cheapest set of wheels we can, presumably means a car, Mm. Uh, that runs and has at least a month remaining on its current MOT. And as usual, I expect to get absolutely trounced. I've got a white flag flying here already. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not that easy. It, you know, it really is. Unless you know someone who's giving a car away, mm. um, it, it is actually quite difficult to buy really cheap cars, um, certainly cars that work. That are really yeah. Cheap. Well, mm. this is where you get all the advantages. You know everybody. Well, I wouldn't say that, no. Nah, you probably know sunglasses, Ron, even. Yeah. He's, bound, yeah. he's bound to have something for sale. I know. Or, or it's on there. This is yeah. called a monkey, mate, yeah? yeah. <laughs> well, my local garage is quite good because they do, they, do, they do occasionally get customers who just say, well, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, have it, have it. So they do. You can have that, mate, because I'm not driving that anymore. So uh, even though they don't actually sell cars anymore, but I know they do. They do have cars that uh, that come to them freely, uh, but uh, that's one of the advantages of being in the business. If you're uh, in that all, all, all day long, but I'm very intrigued to see uh, what you what you came up with, David. I, I, well, because I'm sure it's not as bad as you think. It was on Facebook Marketplace, if it's still there. It was a 1998 Ford Fiesta. Mm. Now it says it's done 28,000 miles. The MOT record, certainly going back to 2006, seemed to bear that out. Mm. So 1.2. With a ZTEC engine, it's got automatic transmission. It's silver um, with a blue interior petrol engine, and it has got an MOT for another couple of months to the second of March. Um, there's various little things that come up in the MOT history over the years. Um, nothing major, I don't think. I mean, there's a little bit of corrosion here and there. There's an advisory last time round for the offside rear wheel arch being corroded. Uh, things like rear tires, front registration plate, brake pipes, and the exhaust leak that I believe has now been sorted out. Uh, this is three hundred pounds, mm. and you know, for a twenty-eight thousand mile car, if it's genuine, mm. and it seems to be, I don't think that's too bad a deal. You're not going to get cars cheaper than that unless you happen to know somebody. That's word of mouth because scrap prices have gone up, mm. and people are now weighing the cars into scrap dealers rather than selling them privately. No, that's right. No, that's a very good buy. I think you got there, Dave. But you've beaten it. <laughs> 
Oh no, well, I haven't really. No, um, uh, uh, I looked at a couple of cars like like you did, um, and one of the websites which is very very dangerous to go on um, is the Copart uh, website. Um, they're the people who break cars up. They're, I believe they're the largest. They are certainly the largest in the UK, as far as I know. Copart.co.uk. They're an American company, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah, uh, but they seem to have sort of cornered the market pretty much. Um, all the cars seem to go there um, when they're written off or whatever. Um, but it is quite interesting to have a look on there because you can bid on the cards that they have and they do set a minimum bid. And if you're the only person who's 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 bidded, um, then you make your arrangements and go and, and go and get it. So it is possible to start sort of quite low. So um, uh, the reason why I can't submit this one, um, it, it, it was a it was a 2012 Chevrolet Spark. So that's a little tiny thing. Um, all it had. It was like a stolen recovered. It just had some front end damage, and you could see that quite clearly from the photographs. Um, there were no no bids on it, but you had to bid three hundred pounds to buy it. So, uh, but it was nine days away. I think the uh, final day. So I couldn't I couldn't really say that I'd found a car from twenty twelve three hundred quid, unfortunately. But you know, if you were you know if you were lucky, um, and it's quite easy to register on their site, you can you can do that. Um, they're quite open about all the. Uh, uh, levels of uh, uh, category um, you really want to uh, aim for the uh, ones which you really don't have very much damage at all uh, which don't require uh, them to be inspected or anything to get back on the road um, unless you have the facilities to do that but uh, yeah yeah to buy a car with you know a scratch and a few dents and uh, uh, with this one it, it was it the damage was really very very minor and uh, i'm sure someone will pay more than 300 pounds for it so what i ended up um what, what i would have bought um is um 350 pounds worth of vw polo it's a it's one of those victims of uh, the ultra low emission zone in that people really want to get shot of their car because uh, they're just not going to be able to run it anymore because they've, they've bought a replacement which um, uh, allows them to run it um, where they live um, so uh, it's a distress sale that usually means if you turn up you could probably get get it for less um, but uh, I like uh, the VW Polo it's a 1.4 SE I like those in particular it's a four-cylinder engine a lot of people say oh you want a 1.2 but you don't it's only three cylinders and they do uh, start to clatter once the mileage builds up but this is a proper family car uh, because again like you i looked at the mot history and the mot history was extremely good um, it has no advisories and the mot actually runs out uh, august next year so it, it run, will run for a very long time so yeah if i was going to buy um uh, uh, a car that was very very cheap um i'd buy that one because it seems to be uh, very looked after by the family owner so right. uh, what, what color is it Oh, I don't know. It was, it was like, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It was just like, colour. It, it didn't, it, it was probably, it was either black or blue. I couldn't really tell. <laughs> yeah. I looked at the pictures. 80,000 miles. So, you know, um, yeah, 1.4 SE. So, yeah, I, it would, uh, that would, that would suit me. Uh, right. I tried to find cars as local to me as possible as well. That was one I think I thought, well, if I'm going to buy a cheap car, there's no point, you know, going to where David lives. Uh, unless David was going to go and buy it for me. So um, I was trying as much as possible to uh, find a local cars, but uh, that's, as, that's as local as I got with London. All right, jolly good. Well, what Paul will do is we'll ask Kenny to determine the winner of this one. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Kenny will do, do the right thing and say, well, well done, David. Oh, I'm sure he won't. I'm sure you'll see, and you'll do the right thing by saying, well done you. You've got a newer car than I've got. It's got a longer MOT. So mm. there we go. But Kenny's a jury. And on that note, let's take another break. 
This is Bangers and Classics, quite probably the lowest five podcast in the universe. And now that we are back from the break, we're going to take the highway to the danger zone with our very own top gun, James Ruppert. James, this week's danger mobile Mm. is a car that I'm surprised to find in danger of uh, extinction. It's uh, the Citroen BX. At one time in the UK, there were well over 180,000 of these on the road. Mm. And the last DVLA count were 246. That's pretty serious. And numbers are falling year on year. Well, I was quite astonished when you told me how few there were, uh, really, because it's always been sort of one of uh, nature's survivors, uh, really, um, even though they, they can be a bit complex and uh, uh, a bit involved. But uh, uh, I used to see one, actually, and it is true. I haven't seen it for a bit, but it used to be around here, and it, and it was an estate, and I think it was really, really, really basic estate as well. And it was on a J plate, and uh, that was always, you know, doing work and shopping, and I haven't seen it for a bit, so they might have part exchanged it for something. Um, I think it's just an old car, and that's the uh, um, and that's the tragic thing about it. You know, people think oh you know it's about time I, I i updated it even though it's probably been doing sterling service for the last 20 30 years mm. uh but i yeah i had no idea and you do a great public service there david by you know herring around the country and counting all the ones that you see um but yeah i just didn't realize that there were hardly any left it's um really quite shocking because again for people of our age um it was a it was a current car and you saw them everywhere yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> this business of hearing around and counting them mm. is difficult because I'm going to take a whole bunch of people with me. Yeah. <clears throat> so I can use their fingers and toes to count on. Exactly. But um, I, wonder, I can only go up to 20 in mine, so that's mm. a bit of a problem. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we're down to very low numbers, and they are nice cars. Yes. Um, yeah. Obviously, designed by Bertone and Marcello Gandini. Yeah. And they look like a Bertone car. They really mm. do. And they're, they're pretty roomy. You would say they're yeah, a little bit idiosyncratic, never really went with the flow in terms of styling back in the day. And because of that, I think they've actually dated very well. Yes. Uh, better than many cars of that era. The dashboard in early models was uh, was wonderful. Mm. Uh, even though Citroen was now part of uh, Peugeot's empire at the point that BX was conceived and came into production, it really still looked like an old-style Citroen. It was suitably quirky. Some people don't like the word quirky and Citroen to be associated together. Uh, they'll say, well, they're different, they're idiosyncratic. Well, yeah. But for me, I don't think quirky is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, in this context, especially, you might want to call it a idiosyncratic. Either way, I like it, and it was good. And, of course, you had a hydropneumatic suspension, Yeah. Um, which, which was brilliant. But And then, of course, you had that lovely advert with Marcello Gandini mm-hmm. driving to his workplace in a black Citroen BX 16-valve GTI, Yeah. which is a very nice car indeed, let me tell you. Mm. I have to say um, I would have liked one of those. And you know, I still would. Um, still a very nice car. I've not really much I can say against the BX. I mean, it might be a little bit more complicated in terms of its suspension than some other cars. Yeah. But you do get a magic carpet ride quality and rough roads. It really does ride wonderfully well. And they are very nice to drive. You know, they're not the last word in sportiness, the last word in performance. The 16-valve GTI is pretty quick, though. But they're just a good, competent car that's got some individual flair. And... I think it'd be a tragedy if we lost them. And with numbers falling, probably will be more in a few years now before we're down to fewer than 100, unless things change and people start to, to save these cars. They're not too expensive yet. You can still pick one up for sensible money. If you're looking for a good classic car, something you can use as a family car for, for outings, for going places for classic car shows, 
uh, run down to the seaside, ice cream run, fish and chip run, whatever. It's a great, it's a great little car, and I would certainly commend it to the house, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. I'm actually, as I speak to you, Joe, because I always listen very intently to what you're saying. <laughs> Um, but, sit down uh, with a straight face I, mate <laughs> I, yeah, I've got this book which I think came out um, uh, Citroen gave it away to um, motoring journalists anyway and it's called Dates and it's it's basically a colour book with uh, all the significant um, Citroens from uh, the year dot to uh, 2001 when the C5 came out which uh, uh, is slightly more problematic than uh, a, a BX because now I'm looking at pictures and old advertising and uh, you would, yes, you would want one. And uh, it says here, 1982, the BX, a mass market vehicle designed to win new customers. And I suppose that's what it, that, that's what it actually did. Mm. And uh, yeah, got pictures of it being built and everything. And uh, yeah, it used to have a plastic bonnet as well, didn't it? I think and mm. maybe a plastic tailgate. I don't know. Yeah, there was even yeah. a Group B version you could buy. It really yeah, uh, I wasn't there. Remember, was it called? Was it the BX4TC or something? Mm. To be honest, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, um, a lot of Group B cars are. Though. The Lancia yeah. Delta went from a, a really nice looking little car. Yeah, and uh, Group B form is mm. pretty hideous, very fast. Yeah, and the, the BX sadly was never that quick in Group B yeah. form, but it's no better looking than the Delta. I mean, yeah. the only car I think the group, well, a couple of Group B cars looked okay. Two hundred five, not a bad looking car in Group B form. The O three seven Lancia, and I think the RS two hundred. Mm. But there were there were plenty of Group B cars that did not look great, and BX was one of them. But it's a very rare car. You you can buy them if you can find one, mm. but be prepared to spend a lot of money for one of those. Yeah, but they did have some competition pedigree, so we can say that much as well. So yeah, basically it's um, save save the BX. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Never mind, save the whale, save the BX. Oh, save whales too. No, I mean obviously oh, I like save whales. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. I, I've got nothing against anybody who lives there, but uh, you know. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I uh, knew sorry, he was going there. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's why I had to hurry up there because I thought well, David would say that. <laughs> I, I was um, going to uh, actually. Uh, yeah. That's it. Why don't we save whales, whales, mm. and the BX? We can do all of them. We can do, can't we? No, all, because they're all good things. And of course, if you like rugby as I do, there was probably no finer atmosphere mm. in rugby than going to, I think it's now called the Principality Stadium, and listen to 70,000 Welsh people belt out Land of My Fathers. It's, that is awesome. It really is. So absolutely, let's see. We'll just throw wheels into the mix too. Save wheels too. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you join us next week for the 47th episode of Bangs. Is it? No, this is, next, this is the 47th. Yeah, we're getting close to 50. Yeah. That's it. Oh, that's it. It's falling apart at the seams now, James. Well, it is pretty much, isn't it? But there you go. But we're, you know, we're we're motoring uh, purposefully into the 1980s and that has to be a good thing. Absolutely. That's it. Let's hope they come up with uh, some new inventions like um, heated rear windows, etc. for us. Meantime, James is just off to meet some ha- Hammer Horror actresses who are all very much younger than they were in 2022, we believe. Oh, yeah, they'd be about right, wouldn't they? I suppose. <laughs> it's <a bit> correct age. <laughs> correct age. It's not so much lock up your daughters as lock up your Hammer Horror actresses. Absolutely. Cheerio. Yeah, bye bye, everybody.